Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. As we continue in Hebrews, I was so excited this month, uh, this week, I should say, so excited this week. And uh, before I get to Hebrews 11, I want to finish up or begin with what we concluded last week. That's Hebrews 10, 39. Hebrews 10, 39, we find these words. This is from the New International Version. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Well, we could say amen and walk away right now. Uh, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. We as believers, followers of Jesus, those who have believed in our heart and confessed with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he has forgiven us, uh, forgiven us of our sins, that he loves us so much. To those who have faith and are saved, and that is you today, if you had said Jesus Forgive me of my sins. And if you have not, you do not have to wait till the end of the sermon, to the end of this time, to uh, somebody to formally invite you. You can do that now. Just say, Jesus, I know I am lost without you. I know my best efforts don't add up. I know that I can't gain and do enough to get away from the shame and guilt. So, Jesus, please forgive me and give me that peace and that hope and that assurance that I know to be true deep down inside because you created me that way. And I acknowledge and recognize now that there's this spirit, there's this presence that is pointing this out to me that I might have life and have it to the full. So God, here I am. Forgive me. I, I want to follow you and you will be saved. And so we are part of those who have faith and those who are saved. What a great testimony that is. Hebrews 11, it says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. In another translation, it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And some of us that grew up with the King James Version, we memorize it this way. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I like the Amplified Version. It's kind of reading its commentary written into uh, Scripture, and it says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see in the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Now faith is is faith is these things it's confidence it's assurance it's substance it's confirmation it's the title deed i love how uh, the message puts that the title deed or the amplified version the title deed what a wonderful thought that is and we wonder like how much faith does it take like i need to grow my faith in a familiar scripture it's behind me matthew 17 20 says Jesus replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. So first of all, Jesus recognizes, he acknowledges that we don't have a lot of faith many times, but he also declares and proclaims that you do not need a lot. You only need the faith 
as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you because we are hidden in Christ, and it is his strength that we find our great hope. It is in his strength we find rest and no guilt, no shame. It is a clean slate because we have faith in God. I also like in Hebrews, I'm sorry, in Psalm 146, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Why? How can we have that faith? The size of a mustard seed that grows because we praise Jesus. In verse 3, it says, Do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save. Do not put your trust in who cannot save. But there's a better way, and that is, when their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. But verse 5 of Psalm 146, Blessed are those whose hope is in God, the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord. Continuing through this chapter, it's so good, Psalm 146. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. Now, this is when the Bible needs to impact your political. Yes, not the political. Uh, you choose and pick and try to find things that back your way of voting. But this is where scripture, this is where the Bible comes into play in the practical of everyday life. God upholds the cause of the oppressed. So if God does, we should. God gives food to the hungry, and as we, the church, should. The Lord sets prisoners free. We should be about true justice that honors God, that is righteous in his sight. Verse 8, the Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. This is what we have in Jesus. This is what we have. Our faith is all about. This is what we desire. This is, well, our hope is not the faith in what we possess, but it is in whose we are. It's not in what we possess, it's in whose we are. This is from the message. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is a firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. It's our handle on what we can't see. It's not based on what we have done, but it's on what we can't see. It's in who Jesus is. Is. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. The act of faith set them above. We are called to the same. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word, what we see created by what we don't see. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, this is from another translation, just reading it for us. 
Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for, the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed by God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible, what is visible to the senses. We believe we have faith in Jesus. When we say that we have faith in something, we are saying it is in, it is not because we have Jesus, but it is because he has us. We are hidden in him. When we say we have faith, it's not because we have faith in my resolve. It's not in faith in my education. It's not faith in my resources. It's not faith in me or what I can accomplish or what I can do. And frankly, it's not faith in you. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that we're the body of Christ, but I am most grateful that we are hidden in Jesus, that when we are weak, he makes us strong, that he loves us so much. And well, let's look in John 15. I've talked about this several times as we've walked through Hebrews. I, Jesus is saying, am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We are not the vine. We're just the branches. We are not the root. We are not the trunk. We are the branches that sprout out from Jesus, that Jesus allows us to bear fruit. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Sometimes we want to go outside of God's love. We want to redefine love. We want to say, well, if you love this, it's okay. And our uh, understanding of love is so thin in the English language as Nathan Johnson used to communicate. But there's Greek words, three words that say what love is. And God's love is agape. It's unconditional. It's based on who created us. And we can love others because we know who created them and pray for one another that God has something better for us, knowing that his better promises are for us and we can enter that. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Verse 11, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I would even suggest that as we're going through emotionally healthy discipleship, this is what it's referring to. And we aren't talking about emotions as feelings because you can't base your life on feelings because that's just what they are. They are feelings. And God uses feelings. God uses emotions. But when we base our reaction, we base our decisions on feelings, we turn towards emotionalism, which God is not calling better for us. But we can find rest in Jesus. We can find emotional wellness, mental health. I was reminded last night of someone that just took their own life and that they did not have joy residing in them. I was made aware a few weeks ago of a pastor that did the same and the joy was not residing in him. But Jesus is saying that we can love each other as he has loved us and we can know that greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends and realize that Jesus already paid that penalty. Jesus already gave that sacrifice. Jesus volunteered to obey his father so that we would not have to suffer that pain, that judgment. 
You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father. I've made known to you. This is what God is inviting us to. God is not looking down, looking to strike down, be mad at, and just oh, judge. And No, God is just saying, you're my friends. I love you. I want to get close to you. I want to show you where I am going so that you can follow me, so that you can inherit the reward that I have, that you can be a part of what I have for you. This is all laid out. Just follow me. No scripture. No what I have for you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Verse 17, this is my command, love each other. Love each other. Life is better when we strive to serve others out of his love for us. Life is better when we strive to serve others out of his love for us. I had opportunity to listen to a podcast of Heather Palacios. I think that's how you say her name. And uh, my wife actually received a life box. And I just want to uh, add this to the stream because I'm actually interviewing Heather um, tomorrow. And her life verses, we are pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. This is from 2 Corinthians 4, 8. And nine, and uh, if you read on her website, wonderful, and it's wonderful with an H in the middle, that Heather um, has struggled with emotional health and mental wellness. Heather has attempted suicide on a number of occasions. Heather is part of a ministry now where. God is using her as she gives life boxes to people to encourage them to share the truth of Scripture, the good news of the gospel, that God is with you, that he is our strength, that he is our helper, that he is our creator, that he is a lover of our soul. And I get to interview Heather tomorrow at 11, and I'm really excited about that. And she gave my wife a life box, as I mentioned, but... Heather has been to the deepest valley. She's faced the shadow of death, and she has a resolve that no matter what now, she will make Jesus known as her life, as her strength, as her hope. And we have this confidence. We have this assurance. We have this substance. This faith is in Jesus. It's not in us or in our, our capability, but it is in God and who he is that he gives us life and he loves us so much. And so if you're facing or having suicidal ideations or if you're talking about doing something destructive or you have habits that could lead down that path, reach out. And there's a song uh, called Brothers. I believe it's by Need to Breathe. And I think of that often. And we are your brother. We are your sister. We are your family that we, you can reach out to without judgment, knowing that there is healing and that there is help. I'm going to read, <clears throat> attempt to read Hebrews 11, 4 through 38. So bear with me, but find great joy. And when it says, by faith, able or by faith, some name, insert a name. 
Perhaps the name of somebody that's moving and we are sad about, Christine and Lucky Foreman are moving to Colorado. As many of you are aware, the Wilsons are moving, the Olisons are moving, T. Haskins is moving. For those that have passed away, I officiated my um, a funeral yesterday. It was the sixth memorial service in five weeks that I've been a part of or attended. Insert their name there. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. By faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch, who was taken from this life so that he did not experience death, he could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let me read that again, 11 verse 6. And without faith in Jesus and finding rest and abiding in who he is, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he can. Uh, condemned the world and beca became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. By, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was uh, past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man... And he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to re return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph 
when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was in Invisible by faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell and all the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what? more shall I say. I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms and ministered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released to, so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sought in two. They were killed by sword. They, they went about in sheepskin and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. The world was not worthy of them. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and, and holes in the, in the ground. We think we have a difficult, well, verse 39, these were all commended. Same word as verse 2 and mentioned several times of those who live by faith. For their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Commended means to give testimony, speak well of, to vouch for. Verse 40, since God had planned something better for us so that only uh, together with us would they be made perfect. Something better. I don't know how to pronounce it in the Greek. It looks like Cretan to me. And whenever you're called a Cretan, it means something bad. But in the Greek, probably pronounced differently, it means superior, greater. Since God had planned something better, something superior, something greater for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect, perfect, means to perfect, complete, finish, to reach a goal, be fulfilled, be completed. So that only together with us would they be made perfect. Would they be made perfect. We, church, we, 
believer, we follower of Jesus, can be made complete as long as we put our faith in Jesus. Put our faith in Jesus, our responsibility is our availability to humbly learn, teach, and rest in his salvation. Our responsibility is to declare Jesus like a hand in a glove. And Stephen Manley, he's a uh, speaker, presenter, evangelist, and he used to talk about Jesus being the hand and we being the glove. And sometimes we get it mixed up. We think we're the hand and Jesus is the glove. And we think, God, I'm going to put on you so I can do some work for you. I'm going to put you on so I can accomplish great things. I'm going to wear you so I can do things. And we forget that God is the hand in the glove and we are the glove. And as he says, lift up, we lift up. If he says, shake, we shake. If he says, point, we point. If he says, reach to him and to worship, we reach to him and worship. And it's not us putting on God so we can do work, but it's God in us who does all the work. Some of you might be saying, well, yeah, I I work for God and I understand that, but you know what, Jeff? You don't understand. You're young. You're inexperienced. You don't really know. But sometimes God needs me to fight for him. Sometimes God wants me to fight for him. So you know what? I'm going to put on God and I'm going to put in my mouthpiece and I'm going to fight for God. I'm going to hit him with an uppercut. I'm going to jab. I'm just going to fight for God because God needs me to fight for him. And we don't put on God. God lives in us. God lives in us. So we are obedient to him so that we go wherever he wants us to go, that we become who he said we are. And and what's so interesting to me is some people say, well, Jeff, you're a pastor. So you only know about this or that. You don't know about real life. And I know that Jesus wants to be a part of everything. Jesus wants to be a part of our play. Jesus wants to be a part of our, uh, of our fears. Jesus wants to be part of our uh, work. He wants to be a part of those um, distractions and interplay. Jesus wants to wear us and be the life in us. So if you're playing softball, if you're playing a game, that you have this Jesus inside you, this love of God in you, that you respond in a manner that's competitive. Jesus was very competitive and he called out what was wrong and he lived for justice. But we have Jesus living in us. So in our play, it's not, okay, Jesus, come on me so I can be a good representation. But it's no, out of you, I abide, I remain. You are the vine. You are the root. I'm a branch that you live in me and I accept you, Jesus, inside my life and I respond with great obedience wherever you want to go to follow you. So that analogy, that illustration, God's the hand. We are the glove. We don't have to put on God so we can do something great for him. We can rest and know that he is for us we can find great hope and healing and knowing that he is with us that he has a plan and we are not servants where he keeps it hidden from us but we're friends and he shares in detail where he wants to go what he wants for us but some of the adjustments and changes submitting to his will we need to do and so obey him 
Because that is the faith that we have, the assurance of the hope that we long for, that, oh, that this would be true. And God says it is. Surrender, submit, and love life free in who Jesus is. We abide in the vine. We abide in who Jesus is. Oh God, thank you for loving us. Where you sacrificed your son so that we might have life. May we choose not to live in guilt and shame and feel like we need to strive and accomplish something for you so that you can love us more. But thank you that we can rest in you no matter what we're going through. We can rest and know that you are with us. You are with us. And it's in your name we say, let it be done. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.